Well, are you happy this morning? Well, just wave to me if you are happy this morning. Why don't we just give the Lord a big hand of praise? Hallelujah. You can take your seat in the presence of God this morning. Well, Unlimited Church is a great church. And you also have a great pastor. And uh, I'm so thankful that uh, we can be connected. And, uh, and uh, I followed what uh, God is doing uh, through the church. And I was so excited just to hear the, the expansion uh, in Fungary and as well in Hastings and, and um, where else? And, uh, Kaitaya. And uh, I really believe that's what the church supposed to be. We must be a reproducing community. We must be reproducing churches. I always say everything that uh, takes take place uh, outside of the church, it has to be the inflow of what God is doing in the house. Because the light that shines the farthest shines the brightest at home. And uh, so I'm so delighted and so grateful that uh, Pastor Tuck have uh, given me the the, the privilege and the opportunity to, to minister to you this morning, and I hope you will give him, you know, a good report about my preaching uh, this morning. I really want to share this morning on the thought of how to increase your faith. In Luke chapter 17, verse 5, the apostle said to the Lord, Lord, increase our faith. Why did the disciples ask Jesus to increase their faith? I believe they have seen how faith works in the life and also in the ministry of Jesus. You remember when they crossed over the other side of the lake of Galilee? The Bible says that Jesus was asleep in the boat, and they were hit with a terrible storm. And the Bible says that the disciples were afraid. They ran and they woke up Jesus, and they said, Lord, would you please wake up? Can't you see that there is a, a windstorm that is so terrible? And the Bible says, and Jesus rebuked the wind and the storm, and he said, be still. And the Bible says that um, the storm became still. And Jesus turned to the disciples and said, why are you so fearful? How is it that you have no faith? You know, every day we face with different storms. There are life storms that comes our way. But God has given us this faith. And it is an overcoming faith that overcomes every storm that always comes our way. You remember the story when Jesus cursed the fig tree? Because there was a lot of leaves but no fruit. And Peter was so amazed the next day. 
turned to the Lord and he said, Lord, you see the fig tree that you cursed, it has withered. And Jesus responded to Peter and he said, have faith in God. Another translation says, have the faith of God. Another translation says, have the faith that God has. Have faith in God. And then Jesus talks about, the Bible talks about when the woman with the issue of blood, when she came and touched the hem of Jesus' garment, the Bible says that the fountain of the issue of blood dried up. And Jesus looked to this woman and said, Daughter, your faith has made you well. See, God always responds to faith. We might have a need, but we must bring our need in faith. For the Bible says it is impossible to please God. So the only thing that pleases God is the thing that is done in faith. The Bible says those who comes to God must believe that he is. That he is our healer. That he is our provider. That he is our source. That he is our life. That he is our all. And he is our everything. He talks about if your faith is just like a mustard seed. And you believe. And you say to this mountain to be removed. It shall be removed. So here we learn that there is a force in what we call faith. It moves. It changes things. It rearranges things. Faith has power. It contains the very life of God. It contains the very power of God. It contains God's anointing. That's why the Bible says, have faith in God. Have the faith that God has. It's the God kind of faith that you have as a believer. It's not an ordinary faith. It's a God kind of faith that God blesses you with when you become a believer. The Bible says that God has given us a measure of faith. So we learn that faith can be measured. Faith must grow. Faith must develop. Faith must be cultivated. So God deposit that seed of faith in our hearts. That's God's responsibility. But for your faith and my faith to develop and grow, that's your responsibility and that's my responsibility. So we have to learn to exercise our faith. A lot of people, they hear a lot of, you know, the word of God and their mind is just filled with all Bible knowledge. But they don't know how to apply those principles into their daily lives. I always say I rather prefer to have this much knowledge and this much application rather than to have this much knowledge and have this much application. 
Because the word of God was not meant for interpretation, but the word of God was meant for application. So the Bible talks about small faith, little faith, big faith, great faith, holy faith. So faith grows, faith develops. But how do we increase our faith? When the disciples said to Jesus, Lord, increase our faith. They were asking the Lord to increase something that they already have. See, this is the problem with a lot of Christians. They don't know what they already have. If they know what they already have, they don't know what to do with it. See, God has given us faith. They said, Lord, increase our faith. We have faith. We ask you to increase the faith that we already have. Raise up your hand this morning. If that's the desire of your heart. That you want your faith to increase. Hallelujah. So you increase your faith. By what you hear. In Romans chapter 10 verse 17 it says, So then faith comes by hearing, and by hearing the word of God. That's how faith comes. How does faith come? Faith comes by hearing, and by hearing the word of God. So what you hear affects your faith either positively or negatively. A lot of people, they're not growing and developing their faith because all what they hear are Voices of dooms and glooms. So if you really want your faith to grow, to develop, then you have to listen to the word of God. Because the Bible says that faith cometh by hearing and by hearing the word of God. Paul said the word that we preach, it is the word of faith. So the word of God is the word of faith. When we hear the word of God, it increases our faith. It builds our faith. That's why when we hear a great message, it's always important to get the tapes and hear it over and over again because faith cometh by hearing and by hearing the word of God. When I always talk to pastors, I always say, you don't care about you know, those empty seats. All what you have to care about is to fill your pulpit with the word of God. Because if you fill the, fill the pulpit with the word of God, then God will fill those empty seats. Because faith cometh by hearing and by hearing the word of God. And the word of God is the word of faith. And when we hear the word of God, it increases our faith. That's why when you read the Bible, don't read it suddenly. You read it aloud so that you can hear. So that the word of God that you are hearing when you are reading the word of God, it increases your faith. Because the level of the word of God that is kept within your heart will always determine the level of the supernatural that will operate in your life. If you really want to see revival, if you really want to see the move of God, all what we have to do is to increase the word level. Increase the word level. So faith cometh by hearing and by hearing the word of God. 
I remember in the nation of Madagascar, there are about 1.3 million people who live in the rainforest of Madagascar. There's no church, they haven't had the gospel. So we train our missionaries and for them to reach out to those people. And uh, before we reach uh, uh, those people, we survey the land and we found out the number of villages, the number of people, and also the number of witch doctors in those villages. And then we, when we sent out one of our church planters, his father was a chief witch doctor. And, um, and when he saw his own son coming to preach to him the gospel, he was very angry. And he said, you know, it was my desire for you to replace me as a chief witch doctor in this village. But now you have uh, believed in this strange God. And from today, I don't want uh, to treat you as my own son. And you have to leave this place. I don't want to see your face in this place, in this village anymore. So he chased his son away from his village. And uh, three years later, he was planting churches in the interior of Madagascar. Then he heard a, a news that his father died. So he has to walk for about three days. And all the witch doctors, they were performing all of their magics and offering all of their sacrifices, thinking that these men will come back to life, but nothing happened. On the third day, they were just about to bury this old man when the son arrived uh, in the village. When he arrived in the village, the spirit of faith just came upon him. He went to the mother and said, Mother, can I pray for my father? The mother looked at him and he said, All the witch doctors have been praying, have been performing all of their magics, you know, to uh, believing that your father can come back to life, but nothing happens. But if your God can do something to your father, then go ahead. He went, he laid his hand, and he prayed for his father. And to the amazement of all the people, his father came back to life. When his father came back to life, they asked him and they said, what magic did you use? And he said, the magic, Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. And he preached the gospel and all of them, they were saved. And the next day they burned all the, the house of demon worship. And they cut trees and they start to plant a church. And the elders of the church are all the ex-witch doctors. Also including the chief ex-witch doctor. And out from that miracle, we were able to plant more than 1,000 churches in the interior of Madagascar. So we increase our faith by what we hear. And number two, we increase our faith by how we think. By how we think. Proverbs 23, 7, it says, For as a man thinks, so is he. You see, how you think determines your attitude. And your attitude determines your altitude, how far you can go in life. If you spend time with small thinkers, people who are negative, critical, cynical, not very long, you'll be like them. 
Because the saying is so true, birds with same feathers flocks together. But if you spend time and hang around with people who are positive, people you know, of faith, people who believe in you, people who want to build you up, people who are always optimistic about life, people of faith, then surely you'll also be like them. You know, I remember this eagle was living with a chicken. And uh, she grows up and starts, you know, singing like a chicken, walking like a chicken, and fly as high as the chicken can fly. And while she was growing up one day, she looked to the sky and saw an eagle was soaring in the sky, turned to the other chicken and said, what's that big bird called? They turned to her and said, well, that's the king of the air. That's an eagle. She flapped her wings and said, oh, I only wish if I was an eagle so that I can fly as high as the eagle can fly. She did not realize that she was an eagle. The problem because she was living with the chickens. <laughs> so it's the people that you associate yourself with. That's why when I come this morning and I hear this word unlimited, you know, it really builds up my faith because you cannot limit yourself. Because when you limit yourself, you are limiting God because God is limitless. That's why the Bible says that we must not compare ourselves with the standard and the values, the system of this world, but we must be transformed by the renewing of the mind. When we became a Christian, our mind is not removed, but your mind must be renewed. Because it will only take a renewed mind for you to know the will of God. The carnal mind cannot understand the mind of God, the things of the Spirit. But it takes the renewed mind for you to understand the perfect will of God. The Bible says, as we surrender, as we yield ourselves totally, spirit, soul, and body, as we place our life on the altar, the Bible says that God will transform our mind. He will change the way that we think. He will change our thinking pattern and help us to think right because as you think right, then you can walk right. So meeting with the right people at the right time, at the right place is vitally important because it will make you a right person. Hallelujah. Why don't you just give the Lord a behind a praise? So our mind must be renewed. Because the Bible says when your mind is renewed, then you can know the perfect will of God. And the will of God for your life, it is good. It is pleasing. It is perfect in every way. Number three, you increase your faith by what you see. 2 Kings chapter 6, verse 17, And Elisha prayed and said, Lord, I pray, open his eyes that he may see. 
Then the Lord opened the eyes of the young man and he saw. And behold, the mountains was full of horses and chariots of fire all around Elisha. Elisha did not pray that causes God's chariot of fire to be released and to come down. He prayed that God will open the eyes of the young man for him to see that God's protection always surrounds those who fear him. He said, Lord, open his eyes that he may see. It's the eyes of faith. Because faith has eyes that sees. But the eyes of faith sees beyond what the natural eyes can see. Because the natural eyes only sees what is seen, what is visible. But the eyes of faith sees into the realm of the invisible. And if you can see into the realm of the invisible, God can bring about the impossible into your life, into your situation in Jesus' name. See, the Bible says that nothing is impossible with God. And nothing is impossible to those who believe. And when you come to God, the Bible says you must not come with a shadow of doubt in your heart. Because if you doubt, you will go without. But if you believe, you will receive. Amen. Amen. I remember it was a few years ago when we went to the Solomon Islands and there was a tribe called the Koyo people. The Koyo people, they were moderates. The church, the government have turned its back on the Koyo people. When the missionary and the Solomon brothers came to the border, they turned to the, Sol the, the Fijian missionary and they said, what is our next assignment? They turned to the Solomon brothers and said, our next assignment is, and that is to reach the Koyo people. The Solomon brothers turned to the Fijian missionary and said, Koyo people, you come all the way from Fiji and you don't understand these people. These people are murderers. Some of our family members, they've tried to reach these people, but they have never returned until this day. They talk among themselves, the missionaries, and they look at the Solomon brothers and they said, well, we have been commissioned from Fiji and that is to reach everyone in this nation and that includes the Koyo people. And if this journey means to us that we will not return back to our own people, we are willing to lay down our lives for the sake of the Koyo people. Those words pressed into the hearts of the Solomon brothers. They were so challenged. They were so moved. They turned to the Fijian brothers and they said, you'll not go alone. We will go with you. Even if you die, we are willing to die with you. When they reached a village, after praying and fasting, they reached a village. There was a chief by the name of Haribo. And he was very old. He was 120 years old. When he saw them, he said, welcome to my heart. You know, for a couple of months, I've been praying to all of my gods, but it seems that none of, none of them is interested in my prayers. Maybe your God can listen, you know, to the cry of my heart. They share the gospel, and then Haribo gave his heart to the Lord. And a few minutes later, while they were encouraging Haribo, something unusual happened. Haribo died. When Haribo died, they were in a very awkward position because the people in the community accused them that it was their God that caused the death of their chief. But they preached Jesus. They preached that he is in heaven. But remember, they were a bunch of heathens. But they continued to stand on the word of God. They preached the word of God. They preached what the Bible says about eternity. 
And something happened about two hours later. They were surrounded by the people that wants to kill them. But they take their ground. They preach, continue to share the word of God to them. And two hours later, something unusual happened. Haribo came back to life. When Haribo came back to life, he began to relate his story. He said, when I went to sleep, there was two men with wings. They came and they took me and they flew me. And then I went to a place where people were singing. And then I was introduced to a man by the name of Abraham, Isaac, Jacob. And he talks about all the men, the men of God that is described in the Bible. He explained heaven just as it is explained in the word. And then he said the two men with wings took me to another, to another place where people are in torment. They were crying for help, but it seems it's too late. Then he said the two men, the two men with wings brought me to the center of these two places and said, now you have to go back to your own people and tell them to forsake worshiping all of those foreign gods. Tell them to believe in the God of the missionaries. And Haribo turned to the missionary and said, preach your God to us. 70 people were there that day. All of them gave their hearts to the Lord. They were all born again. And when they received the Lord, Haribo make a public declaration. And he said, I, Chief Haribo, is making a public declaration today that the God of the missionary will become the God of the Kuyo people. That place has been totally transformed by the power of God. I have met children, young people from Koyo in the United States of America. There's some of them are missionaries in Sudan in other places. Some of them become medical doctors. Some of them today are in high position in government and business. But because of the gospel, that's why Paul said, I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone who believes. So we increase our faith by what we see. And number four, you increase your faith by what you say. Mark chapter 11 verse 23, For assuredly I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, be removed and cast into the sea and does not doubt in his heart, but believe that those things he says will be done, you will have whatever you say. See the Bible says that faith is near you. Faith is in your heart and faith is in your mouth. Faith is birthed in the realm of the heart, but it has to be released through the mouth. And the Bible says that power, that life and death is in the power of the tongue. You know, your biggest miracle, your breakthrough is just lock in your tongue. And I'm here today to loosen up some tongues. <laughs> Hallelujah. For you to start saying what you believe. Amen. The Bible says if you say to this mountain. So many times we talk about our problems. How big our problem is. But the Bible teaches us we must not talk about our problem. But we must talk to our problems. We must tell our problems how big our God is. Hallelujah. Because there is life. Life and death is in the power of the tongue. You see when you confess what you believe. This is what actually happened in the realm of the spirit. 
You are creating a space. You are building a platform from the moment you say what you truly believe. You are creating that space for God Almighty to step into that space and for him to react to your need. This is how faith works because, hallelujah, without faith, it is impossible to please God. And finally, number five, you increase your faith by what you do. As Leestes 9.10, it says, Whatever your hand finds to do, do it with all of your might. For there is no work or device, knowledge or wisdom in the grave where you are going. The Bible says, whatever your hand finds to do. See, this hand must not be a slack hand. This hand must not be a laid back hand. This hand must be a finding hand. Finding things to do. Whatever your hand finds to do, do it with all of your might. So there are times that we have to believe. There are times that we have to receive the word. There are times that we have to see. There are times that we have to confess what we believe. But it's very important for us to act on what we believe. We can believe, we can receive, we can see, but if you don't act, nothing will happen. So we have to learn to act on what we believe. I was in a conference and people were talking about sowing seed and I said, well, you have to sow your seed into what you believe. Hallelujah. You remember the woman with the issue of blood? She was in pain. She was in a place of isolation. She heard about the miracles of Jesus. And what she heard produced faith in her heart. And from that place of isolation, the place of sickness, the place of infirmity, she believed in the miracles of Jesus. She didn't only believe, she sees that she is healed. And then she confessed her healing. She said, if I only touch the hem of his garment, I will surely be healed. But she did not remain in that place of isolation, that place of sickness and pain. But she said, I will leave this place and I'll have to walk towards my miracle. From the very moment she acted on what she believed and she touched the hem of Jesus' garment, the Bible says the issue of blood dried up and she was totally healed. Jesus said, daughter, your faith has made you well. God increases our faith by what we hear, by what we think, by what we see, by what we say, by what we do. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Let us rise on our feet this morning.